like radio, less like crap. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he, was, he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid His weird name. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin, right? So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! everybody welcome to alcohol by volume it is tuesday january 6 2015 live here on morelikeradio.com if you're listening live you should be in the chat right now like roy block on crack and scrams it's at morelikeradio.com slash live uh if you're listening via podcast uh thank you for the downloads but fuck you get in the chat uh you can check me out live every tuesday night 6 to 8 p.m eastern time this is episode number 94. We're getting closer and closer to episode number 100, and we're actually getting closer and closer to uh, my two-year anniversary of this show. It does not feel like it's been almost two years. I, I started at the end of January 2013. Um, just a... Jesus Christ. Shut up out there! My, little, my kid is making noise out there. Um... So tonight I am drinking a bottle I've been holding on to for uh, at least a few months. Um, I got it when Mitch and Sherry were out here in New Jersey for the live event. I have finally cracked open the Liftbridge Silhouette Barrel-Aged Imperial Stout. It is a large bottle. Uh, how many ounces is this fucker? Um, oh, that's okay. One pound? Yeah, one pound? One pint, 9.4 fluid ounces. So that's like what, 25.4 ounces, which, uh, let's see, let's put that in Fitbit, 25.4 ounces, and holy shit, 635 calories, oh well, whatever. Um, yeah, it's a 10 percenter, so uh, I'm drinking this whole bottle tonight, uh, this is pretty much the only beer I'm going to drink tonight, so, although if I finish this before the end of the show, may- maybe I'll maybe I'll mix a little bit of rum and coke, I got a, I got a cherry coke zero here, why not? Um... I did actually purchase some beers this past weekend, too. I am really on a variety pack kick now because as much as I love getting six of a certain beer, I don't know. I I, yeah, I want to mix it up more. I mean, and I don't want to go for a build a six pack every single weekend because, again, those selections don't rotate nearly as much as I would like them to. So I pretty much was looking around for variety packs that 
either I haven't had in a while or hadn't had before at all. I was I was looking for the blue moon one with the um, uh, cinnamon horchata. Couldn't find that. Um, I didn't want the Sam Adams winter case because there's only four varieties in there now. Although it's kind of silly when I think that the one I picked up has three varieties, but it was stuff I hadn't had before. So excuse that difference there. Um, what were some other variety packs I saw? Um, damn, there, there was a magic hat one that I was going to get and they were out of stock on it where I went, um, that had like a star anise porter, I think. Um, but the one, the one I ended up getting, um, I almost picked up an Abita variety pack that had, I think like six different varieties in it, Abita party pack, but I had had most everything in there. So I thought, eh, what's the point? I ended up settling on a variety pack of Wolavers. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Hey, Mitch is in the chat. Hello, Mitch. Um, Wolavers Organic Ales. Um, and they're actually um, brewed by Otter Creek. They had Altagracia Coffee Porter, um, their IPA, and their Oatmeal Stout. Um, oh, Mitch says it's closer to 15% ABV. Oh, they, oh, they just, okay, they can't put it on the, they can't put the 15% on the label in Minnesota, I'm guessing. So they have to kind of downclock it to, ah, okay, the 10 is a lie. So goddamn, I'm, I am going to be, uh, I'm going to be totally fucked. Um, and, um, also, also the fact that, uh, let's see, I, I may or, I may or may not have shot a review for this bottle when I opened it. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a little, uh, addendum to my notes here. Closer to 15. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Closer to 15, 10% is a lie, much like the cake. Okay. So I'll have that flash across the screen. So I don't look completely stupid. Um, but, uh, yeah, Altagracia, Coffee Porter, IPA, and Oatmeal Stout. All three of which are very solid. The Coffee Porter, good coffee flavor. The Oatmeal Stout is probably one of the better Oatmeal Stouts I've had in recent memory. And I don't think I've cracked open the IPA yet. Okay, um... Yeah, Mitch says it says 10 for legal stuff. I, I had a feeling that was the case when you told me it's closer to 15. But, eh. It, you know what? It, it To be fair, it doesn't... It doesn't. Well, not right away. It doesn't drink like 15. It, it didn't even drink initially like 10 to me either. But it sneaks up on you. This one really fucking sneaks up on you. If I knew I was going to be coherent enough after the show... I would uh, record a little bit more for my review, but fuck it. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, Scrams is going on his 11th hour of work, and he's in for another six plus. Ugh. Why so long a shift, dude? Jesus. But uh, you, you get to listen to the dulcet tones of me, which I don't know what's worse, the work or me. Um, let's see. Did I buy anything else? I don't think I did. I think I was actually pretty well behaved this weekend. Uh, finished up the the horny goat say, uh, IPA, the black IPA that I had. Finished up the sweet baby Jesus. Finished up the magic hat number nine, and it's all the uh, Lavers organic now. So uh, minus, uh, well, actually, wait, shit, I take it back. <laughs> actually, I just realized I picked up a couple growlers because uh, on what was it New Year's. Eve, New Year's Day? I can't remember. The The liquor store where I go to get my growlers filled, they decided that in, on uh, certain beers, they were going to do a big, big sale for them. 
and uh, like more than five dollars off per growler. Nor- normally, um, let's see, one that I got, I got a Ballast Point Sculpin. That's normally ten ninety nine, and I think I saved like eight bucks on that, or not ten ninety nine, twenty ninety nine. And so I got it for like twelve ninety nine or eleven ninety nine something like that. Uh, and then I got a growler of Bolero, uh, Bolero Snort. Uh, God, holy shit! The silhouette's already messing with me. Oh my god. Um, I must not have eaten enough for dinner. Bolero Snort Ginger Bowl Cookie Brown Ale, and that I had had in the bottles before, but this I got the sixty four ounce growler for. I think it was like eight bucks, so I was gonna turn. I was gonna turn away from that. So I got those uh, sitting around. Uh, uh, okay, Mitch said he had a whole silhouette and a whole Irish coffee stout in one sitting, and it uh, fucked him up hard during uh, during an episode of Dutch and Royce. Actually, I think I may remember that. I think I'm not sure. So um, I I gotta pace myself with this. Oof. Pace myself. We're not having any shenanigans tonight. Okay, so I know last week, maybe even the week before, I talked about a couple of those beer or booze-related TV shows that were out there. The first one was Booze Traveler from the Travel Channel, and Chug from Nat Geo was the other one. Finally got around to watching the first episode of each of them. So first, Booze Traveler. It's hosted by a guy named Jack Maxwell, and this episode was set in Turkey. And, I don't know, as, as much as I wanted to get into this show, because, I mean, I, I, th- I, think, I think my mother-in-law has watched it too, because she was the one that initially recommended it to me, because she watches the Travel Channel and saw an ad for it, and I think she watched an episode or two, so thought I would like it. Um, I don't know, it seemed like there was so much non-alcohol-related content in the show that I, I found it boring. Um... I mean, I don't need it to be all booze all the time, as much as I would love that. But it, but okay, if if I wanted to watch a travel show where the alcohol aspect of it isn't front and center, I'll watch something hosted by Anthony Bourdain because he'll he'll get into local drinks and such. But you know, he does not make that his focus usually. M- mostly, he's about the food and just about the the general culture of the area itself. This guy, I don't know. I, I was I was trying to figure out what his focus really was because I mean he'd have drinks with people, but all of it seemed so kinda generic. It wasn't like, oh, this you know, this is a you know a local you know local beer here or this this is a you know, local spirit specialty or something like that. No, it just seemed like he was going places and occasionally drinking. And a lot of the time not drinking too and not having anything to do with booze. So, it, and pl- plus, all, all respect to Jack Maxwell, he has a TV show and I don't. But for some reason, he, he uh, ugh, his presence really, really grated on me. And I don't know why. I mean, it, his voice was definitely one reason. Um, the guy is supposed to be from Boston, but his accent sounded like some unholy combination of Brooklyn and Boston. Um, I can't even try and imitate it because I would just sound like an ass. Um, and 
a lot of the interactions with the locals seem just too dude bro frat guy bullshit to me. Um, he, he just he had a certain way about him, a certain mentality that just really rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, he, I don't know. It, like with him, I I feel like if I went out drinking with him, he'd challenge me to a keg stand and then call me a pussy when I wouldn't do it. And I don't want to go out drinking with a guy like that. And I'm not a dude bro, Scrams. You're a dude bro. God damn it. Oof. Good comeback, right? I'm not sharp. Not sharp at all. Um, I, I will admit there was an interesting segment on um, that episode. It regarded an Englishman that owned a pub there in Turkey in Istanbul. And he was brewing his own beer. Now, if they had concentrated more on that, I would have been a lot more interested, but segments like that were few and far between in the show. Um, to the point where I, I don't even know if I really want to watch any more episodes of that show. Um, because after watching that episode of Booze Traveler, I watched Chug, hosted by Zane Lamprey, and that I liked a lot more. I mean, within the first five minutes, I found that I liked it more. Um, the the host didn't seem well. He didn't seem all dude broy. Uh, he seemed genuinely interested in what was going on. Um, uh, and and it was it was about the local. Okay, this was one problem I had with the show. He uses the word libations too much, but it was about the local libations and he really centered on that and really focused on that. And that I really liked. He seemed much more interesting. Again, his name's Zane Lamprey. And he seems like a guy I'd be more comfortable drinking and chatting with. Um, so the first episode of Chug was in Kuala Lumpur. And I know I'm, I'm at least, I think like six or seven weeks behind on this show. I mean, I, I think they're on to episode six or seven at this point, so I'm, I'm behind. Ooh, yeah, breaking news. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about and reviewing a show that aired like over a month ago. Mm. But Kuala Lumpur, and one thing he seemed to be really into, and initially I thought, eh, this could be kind of douchey, but... As he went on, it seemed kind of cool. The second, like the second one, I'll explain this in a second. See, I'm not focused. The second time he did this, I thought, eh, this could be douchey. The third time he did it, I kind of understood the direction he was going in. He seems to be into discovering the local toasts for drinks. In different regions of Malaysia, he was trying to say, you know, okay, you know, um, you know, what, what kind of, what kind of, you know, what do you say for a toast here? And he started off in this one bar that unfortunately didn't have any local spirits, but a the, the bartender made a special drink for him with um, basically a drink he had never made before, allegedly, with some local ingredients, not local spirits. I think it was like lemongrass, uh, was it mint? Possibly lime. I'm I'm trying to remember now, but uh, and I think uh, fuck. What, what? Wow. What what was the spirit that went in there? I want to say Quantro, but I'm not 100 percent sure now. But made that 
and did a toast with it. The second place that he visited, it was um, it was this plant that they were allowing the, I guess the best way to describe it is allowing the juice to naturally ferment. And the way he described this, he said it uh, tasted like carbonated coconut water. It, it, it's a drink they call toddy there. Uh, no, it's not opium, Dennis. But they, they called it toddy. And apparently they tend to mix it with Guinness too, which I thought was kind of interesting. But he said it, it tasted like carbonated coconut water, 5% ABV on that one. And they did a toast with that. Then he went uh, into the city and started to cover local beers, one specifically Tiger Beer. And in fact, let me see if I can find that on uh, Beer Advocate here uh, in case anybody's interested. Tiger Beer, not Tiger Beat. I know uh, Scrams might be a little more interested in that. Tiger Beer. Uh, and again, it, it's he, he said it's mostly local because they brew it in Malaysia, but they also brew it in Singapore. So it's one of those kind of weird things. Um, well, oddly enough, Beer Advocate has it rated low, but it's local. And oddly enough, it's an American adjunct lager. But, um, yeah, you know, he, he was he was trying to get something local there, and he did successfully. But anyway, the guy he was toasting with there was, um, how, how do I put this sensitively? The, 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 oh yeah, Scram says you can get Tiger all over the place. Um, and they, they brew it out there, though, so, um. I, I didn't even... Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Dennis posted the image of it there. I, I thought I had seen it before. I just didn't realize it was basically a Malaysian, you know, Singapore beer. So, um, but the guy he, he toasted with this time was more... Again, I'm trying to put this delicately. He was more... Ah, fuck it. Slanty-eyed Asian. Whereas the other guys that he had met with were more kind of... Kind of Asian. That kind of gives you the idea there, but they actually seemed like cool guys. He was he was meeting with, and he did this long, like kind of yelling toast with the the slanty eye guy. Sorry, Asians that are listening. I I had no other way to describe this. Um, uh, let's see in the chat here. Uh, Singha is better, still not great. Um, same with Ichiban and Sapporo. You know, I think I've had Sapporo here and. I swear, I, I must have gotten a skunked bottle or something. Um, I, I, I vividly remember opening... Uh, damn, it... I, I want to I say it was Sapporo, but I, I could be completely wrong. It, Japanese or Chinese beer or something. But I opened it up... And, oh, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good point there, Dennis. You know, we have so many Asians listening. We have Ian and uh, Ian... Sorry, Ian. <laughs> but I, I cracked open this bottle and just... I I have never encountered a skunked beer before. This one smelled skunked. It, it was, I think, one of one of two beers that I've drain poured because it was just disgusting. Um, and it was, it was definitely... It was definitely one of those. It, it was either Ichiban or Sapporo. It had to have been one of those. So I think I... That soured me on those. Um, oh, and then the um, the the last thing this guy covered in uh, in Kuala Lumpur or just Malaysia in general, he uh, had a local that procured some illegal moonshine for him. 
at uh, 35% ABV, so what is that, 70 proof. Uh, you know, not not hugely... Uh, oh, yeah, actually, that, that reminds me of something else cool that I uh, managed to get this weekend. Um, oh, yeah, because, my, yeah, my moonshine 70 proof. Uh, and, you know, ha- had a drink of it, and he's like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And then the burn hit him right there. So, kind of... I don't know. Th- th- Zane Lamprey just seemed so much more personable to the point where I decided to procure the uh, rest of the episodes that have aired so far this season and uh, probably watch those over the course of the week at work because it is the uh, winter semester where barely anything's going on. And uh, apparently one of one of the guys over on the other campus decided to uh, take vacation right up against the uh, holiday break. I didn't realize that was necessarily allowed. So uh, the guy in my office had to go over there and cover, which means I had the office all to myself. So, haha! Today I got to spend the day watching Booze Traveler, Chug, uh, and then I played Dragon Age for most of the rest of the day, I think. Yeah, I know I complain about my job, but uh, th- these slow times, and when I have the office to myself, and when my boss is not constantly fucking bugging me, those are the good times. Those are the good times at my job that I can kind of cling to. But that's a tangent that I'm not going to get into. Uh, a tangent I will get into. Oh, son of a bitch, I just realized another beer that I bought this weekend, but I'll get into that in a second. Tangents all over the place. I still have that uh, jar of Midnight Moon, Apple Pie Moonshine here. And the problem I have always had with that damn moonshine is the fact that it is in a jar, which makes it difficult as fuck to pour reliably. And I had saw some gift sets at the local liquor store around Christmas time where they had a jar of the moonshine in the box. They had some kind of... Uh, and it was, act- it was for Midnight Moon. They had a glass that you could drink out of. And then they also had a top for the jar that has a fucking pourer in it. I don't know why those aren't standard on those goddamn jars. But anyway, when I went to the liquor store, I think it was when I got the uh, variety pack and this other beer that I completely forgot about, um, they had leftover stuff on the counter. I don't know if it was from gift packs that they weren't able to sell or something like that, but um, I know my, my mother-in-law had picked me up a, a, a glass from there. It was like a nice little you know drinking glass that you'd, I don't know, maybe put some, some rum or vodka, not vodka, um, uh, whiskey, something like that in. Um, and when I went back there later that day, I saw they had one of those lids for the midnight moon on the counter. Of course, you know, I, I stealthily asked the... the uh, cashier girl I'm like oh are are you selling that she's like you can just take it I'm like okay thank you so now I finally have that on my uh on my moonshine and I guess technically I could just pour it right in my mouth if I wanted to I'm not doing that maybe 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 for the for the hundredth show perhaps I know Dennis would enjoy the shit out of that um maybe making a moonshine show and uh you know put put uh have my wife on the ready with her cell phone dialing 9-1. But anyway, another beer that I had gotten during that visit that I completely forgot about until I saw the empty sitting right next to me because I just let bottles accrue next to me because I'm a lazy piece of shit. This was from, uh, what's the brewer name? 
uh, Ask Hisser Ales. And it was their Zidonka Vanilla Pale Ale, which, and it's actually kind of funny now that I'm looking on the bottle itself. It actually doesn't say Zidonka on here. I think it said it on the the four pack itself. I mean, there's a zebra on here with a lipstick mark on its ass. But uh, it's a vanilla pale ale, 5.5% ABV. And the best way I could equate it to another beverage is like cream soda. It had that real bubbly feel to it. Um, and depending on whether or not you like pale ales, um, it was it was kind of close to Sierra Nevada's pale uh, Sierra Nevada's pale ale. Mm, maybe a little less hop forward than that, but very very close to cream soda. I, I was I was kind of impressed with how the vanilla came through on that one. Um, oh, see, Dennis says ew. I guess Dennis doesn't like cream soda. And he said he's off antibiotics. He needs to go buy liquor. Yes, you do, sir. Fuck. I, I, even if I'm on antibiotics, I still drink because I'm fucking stupid. But my physicals always come through good. <laughs> Roy Black on crack. Nigga called it a beverage. I do have a tendency to do that, don't I? Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was pretty good from Ask Us or Ales. Where are they at? San Jose, California. Uh, and I think I had been talking about that one on the show last week too and I, I, I had been meaning to pick it up finally did I'm glad I did uh, would I get it again uh, I'd have to be in the right mood for it it's probably more of a summer kind of drink god damn my sinuses are all ugh. what the fuck um, yeah so okay that, that was those two shows that was the liquor store visits and everything blah 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 mm. take a drink of Bob beverage so, an interesting tidbit that I uh, picked up over the course of the week. I know it's only Tuesday, so I probably picked it up yesterday. Maybe last week, I don't know. Someone on my Twitter timeline, and, uh, well, okay, you know, if Ian actually is listening, he's going to know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, Gus Sarola from Rooster Teeth, who some of you got to be familiar with. He tweeted, he wondered if there was any real difference or reason for pry-off caps on beers versus twist-offs. And if the pry-offs were better in some respect. And I found this article from back in 2007 when Sierra Nevada had actually transitioned from twist-offs to pry-offs, and it explained it pretty well. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole article, but basically they said, and this is kind of science-y, um, hey! <laughs> sorry, had to yell at my kid again. Uh, the new Pryoff Crown offers an increased oxygen barrier due to its density and oxygen barrier properties. The bottle cap or crown that is used to seal most beer and other carbonated beverages has been in existence for over 100 years. Cork was originally used as the crown sealing liner material for its good resiliency and sealing abilities. Synthetic materials were developed to replace cork due to shortages and processing challenges of using natural cork. Additional benefits also include being more environmentally friendly as these new crowns are produced PVC free. So basically, it has to do with keeping the beer from keeping oxygen from getting into the beer. Um, and as we know, uh, oxygen is the enemy of beer. Now, obviously, you know, oxygen is going to pass through a bottle cap over time very, very slowly. But the 
pry off caps are apparently more secure than the twist offs. And I mean, it's obvious if, if you were able to twist off a pry off, well, you know, it'd be just as secure as a twist off. If that makes sense. Kind of existential or something. I don't fucking know. Um, Let's see. Do, 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 do. Yeah, so basically, like when Sierra Nevada did it back in 2007, they they wanted to they, they wanted to keep their beer fresher, and you know, with with stuff with well, they say uh, we're one of the few brewers in the world who go to the trouble and expense of using nothing but whole cone hops. Again, this was 2007. I'm sure that's that's changed at this point. And hops are one of the first things to lose flavor when oxygen hits the beer. If the beer doesn't reach the consumer in the freshest state possible, all our time and efforts are wasted. So, for instance, with all like with all of Stone's IPAs, can you imagine if they use twist-off tops? I think that would probably compromise the beer pretty significantly for beers like those. Uh, so I, I just I found that kind of interesting because I never really knew if one was necessarily better than the other. Um, I mean, I know, oh God, whenever, whenever I'm able to get back into home brewing, I, I am, I am so jealous of Mitch because he, oh, he, he has a nice home brewing setup right now. Um, do, doing it the right way, doing it the right way. I mean, I want to, I want to get out of my Mr. Beer thing, but financially I just can't fucking do it right now. But, um, when I start homebrewing again, I'm I'm capping my bottles with, you know, the pry off caps. I'm getting the the thing that puts the caps on there and everything. Because up till now, I've been using the plastic bottles with the screw on caps. Now, for what I was doing with Mister Beer, probably not going to make much of a difference. But if if I'm if I'm really going whole grain and you know trying to do it all the right way, like Mitch is going to be really really getting into shortly as he uh, told me earlier because he is just he, he he's fucking nuts over this now which is awesome I, I i can't wait to see what he's doing i know i'm not gonna be able to taste it but i can live vicariously through him but uh yeah when, when, when i when i'm able to do it again i i want to do it the right way whole grain you know and just hops and oh no no more extracts no more extracts i'm done with the extracts but finances first because my wife said I can't buy more stuff because I just bought a new Fitbit charge and I bought a bunch of Transformer. But they're cool because they combine. You guys remember Superion from Transformers, right? All the airplanes that combine together. Well, they got a new one out and he's fucking awesome and he doesn't fall apart when you sneeze on him. So, <sighs> tangent, tangent, tangent. Um, another interesting... Jesus Christ, it's already 635. How the hell did that happen? Another interesting little tidbit I uncovered. I think where did I pick? I, I either picked this up from Reddit or I may have picked this up from Twitter too, because that's apparently how I spend my days on Twitter and Reddit. And I got my wife into Reddit now, so she's completely down that fucking rabbit hole now too. In the U.S., there are apparently forty-five states that actually allow underage drinking in certain circumstances. Shockingly, the bulk of them aren't for religious purposes. That's up there in number, but when I saw that number, I'm instantly thinking, oh, communion wine. That That's it right there. That's it right there. Um, let's see, there are, yeah, in the five states that don't have any exceptions, and I was shocked when Utah was not among these. 
but uh, I guess religious, it makes sense. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Idaho, New Hampshire, and West Virginia. New Hampshire, it's kind of odd in that respect there, but... So, the eight different exceptions to the minimum legal drinking age of 21. This one, I... Well, I wouldn't have been able to take advantage of this when I was younger because I was in Michigan, and Michigan's not on this list. But on private, non-alcohol selling premises with parental consent, it's 29 states. So private home, private office, private property with parental presence and consent. New Jersey's one of them. Uh, Minnesota's another. Massachusetts, so um, not Utah, but 29 states on that one. So if your parents are home and want to give you a drink fine it's perfectly legal um well or at least the consumption of it's perfectly legal but i suppose there's probably some sort of legality there that you know if the parents are caught supplying it or something i don't know uh the second one on private non-alcohol selling premises without parental consent in six states so, okay, yeah, so that's with the parental consent. So the parents aren't going to get busted for this. Um, and the other one, six states, private home, private office, blah, blah, blah. Louisiana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Jersey. Son of a bitch. Okay, that explains that explains a lot when I moved here. Uh, Oklahoma and South Carolina. Then religious purposes in 26 states. Example, drinking wine during a church ceremony. Utah, obviously in there. Medical purposes in 16 states. I was kind of interested in that. Medical treatment prescribed or administered by a licensed physician. Now, I'm, I'm trying to think of the situation in which that would occur. I mean, because like NyQuil doesn't have alcohol in it anymore. So uh, and Mitch in the chat says some say Transformers, others say gay. And you might say mm, yum, yum, cock, yum, yum, Transformers, cock. I don't know. Um, let's see. This, this, at first, I thought this was kind of weird, but then they explained it. For government work-related purposes in four states, Michigan, Mississippi, Mississippi, Oregon, and South Carolina. The example is working undercover with police and participating in government research. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, number six was educational purposes in 11 states, students in culinary school. That makes perfect sense. I know, um, for instance, let's see, yep, New Jersey's on there. Um, where I work, there's a hospitality school, and I know they've done um, like wine-tasting-related events. So, obviously, they have to kind of be privy to that. So, that, that does make sense there. Um this is a smart one, and it's kind of a shame that more states don't have this. When reporting medical need due to underage drinking for another minor in 17 states and Washington, D.C. So an underage drinker calls 911 to report a medical emergency for another underage drinker. So 17 states and Washington, D.C., which means that there are, do the math, 33 states where if... You're at a party, underage drinking, and somebody's suffering from alcohol poisoning. Well, I don't want to call an ambulance. I'm going to get busted by the cops. I don't know why all 50 states don't have something like this on the books. It only makes sense 
Ah, uh, I don't know. Liquor laws piss me off. And then the last one on here. Uh, this was weird. On alcohol selling premises with parental approval in 10 states. Restaurant, bar, or a venue where alcohol is sold. So yes, if you are in one of these 10 states, Connecticut, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Nevada, Ohio, Texas, Wisconsin, or Wyoming, apparently, if you're out to eat with your parents and you would like a beer, you can apparently get one. Had no idea about that. So, um, and you know what? The sad thing, a lot of establishments probably wouldn't know that either. I mean, you go to a fucking Applebee's in one of those states and try and drink a beer, they're going to, you know, figure they're going to get busted so they're not going to serve. And I don't know. It's one of those things where you want to print out the law and carry it with you. Um, yeah, okay. Scram says, Wisconsin, you can drink with your parents at a bar. You can even sit at the bar if you're 12 or whatever age your parents think is cool. Well, let's see, my kid's three. I'd bring him to the bar with me. <clears throat> not going to give him any drinks. I'm not stupid. I don't think he likes beer anyway. He uh, tried to grab an empty beer bottle out of the recycle bin once and did not like the taste of the lip of the bottle. So, I don't think I have a problem there yet. Um, yeah, so I, 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 thought, I thought that kind of diversity in those laws were pretty interesting. Uh... But moving on to other subjects, how, how about some fried chicken? Fried chicken. Nothing, nothing racist about this. No, 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 no hate speech or anything like that. This is just talking about some KFC. I got this. Uh, who did I get this link from? I got this from Little Matt. KFC is running a trial of serving beer and cider alongside their quote food offerings in Sydney, Australia. Because if you believe that urban myth about how they got to be called KFC because they don't technically serve chicken anymore. And they're owned by the Illuminati and Thermite Paint and blah, 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 blah. So this is from theladbible.com. Uh, deep fried chicken and cold beer is a combination all lads love and respect. See, I'm not a big fan of fried chicken. Just me. Uh, the problem being you usually have to get the two from different places. Well, KFC are set to change all that by introducing high-end stores, which will serve you beer with your family bucket. Um, KFC are set to trial the shop in... Parramatta, Western Sydney, with the store set to be kitted out with wooden windows and exposed beams, giving it that perfect hipster vibe. And the funny thing about this article was it used an animated GIF of an old KFC commercial with MC Hammer, which the entire commercial just has black people in it, so it's kind of racist right there. But they used one that was clearly to be used for Reddit, because it's a fucking upvote gif. If you when he opens the box, there are all the upvote arrows. What the hell were they doing? So anyway, as the hipsters roll into the high-end shop looking for their fill of fried chicken, they'll also have the option of washing it down with an ice cold beer or cider. And wow, uh, when did Alice Cooper meet Colonel Sanders? Because apparently, uh, as I'll post in the chat here, this happened. Weird. But of course. Somebody has to piss on it. Not everyone's too happy with Mike Daub, professor of health policy at Curtin University, saying, If they want to run pubs, let them run pubs, but don't market KFC in association with alcohol. We don't need more normalization of alcohol for kids. Uh, decent enough Australian accent. 
Uh, KFC are the latest in a long line of fast food restaurants offering alcohol with their meals following the footsteps of Grilled, Guzman y Gomez, and Nando's. Uh, picked up another, let's see, from uh, the Sydney Morning Herald where KFC planned to sell beer and cider criticized. Ooh, maybe, maybe. Um, and they talk about Mike Daub in here. Oh, let's see. Some, oh, some more quotes from Mike Daub, professor of health policy at Curtin University. In fact, um, let me see if I can find a, let me see if I can find a picture of this dude. I, I bet he, I bet he's a fun dude. I bet he's a fun dude. Come on. Uh, oh, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> well, that's dangerous. Fir- first link that comes up is uh, <laughs> info about him uh, and his uh, adjunct staff status. Ooh. Ooh. Complete with email address. I am not touching that. So he says, KFC is the last place where alcohol should be sold. This is a company that markets to kids and families. This comes at a time when kids around the country are watching the KFC Big Bash on TV at grounds every day. Now they associate KFC and its marketing not with only junk food but with alcohol. And where's my baby, Charlie? Yeah, it's about a let's see, it's 2015, a seven-year-old joke. The Parramatta plans appear to take a lead from two pilots launched last year by the global chicken chain's Canadian operations. Yes, I thought that they were trying this in Canada. Uh, Two Toronto restaurants made over as KFC Fresh branded outlets began selling alcohol late last year. I thought I remembered something about that. Um, You know, it's a shame little Matt's not in the chat because I I would love love to hear him chastise me over that horrendous impression. But that's why Dennis comes to the show, right? Um, Let's see, a worker... Oh, Jesus Christ. They feature hipster interiors, exposed brick walls, an outdoor balcony, and promise more unique choices, including mango rice salad, waffle fries, and bottled beer. A company spokesman told the Toronto Star, we want people to linger longer. God damn it. Can't get stupid shit like that out of my head, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'd be happy. Uh, so let's see. The Paramount Council documents lodged with them show the company has contracted award-winning interior designers. Blah 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 blah. Uh, a worker at a neighboring business said the business, uh, the building had been fitted out for the launch of a high-end pilot store. Oh God, operating under the name of KFC Urban. <sighs> That's kind of racist, right there. Jeez, I mean, it's not all black people enjoy. Well, yeah, all black people enjoy chicken. Yeah. Uh, let's see, the Parramatta rebranding came after KFC's arch-rival McDonald's quietly began operating a hipster dining outfit and camper down, what the, hipsters are ruining everything, ugh, I mean, good for KFC in in Australia, you know, trying to serve beer, but, oh, ugh, why do you gotta fucking cater to the goddamn hipsters, tired of that shit, uh, um, let's see. I know there's there's some something I have having to do with hipsters in my show prep. Oh yeah, yeah. Some something having to do with Sam Adams, which I'll probably probably get to after the break. Um, but this was from BBC News. A spelling mistake exposes fake vodka in Luton. 
and again in the UK. This is why I tend not to trust products or businesses that can't spell things right on manufactured products and signs and such. I can understand if you've just written out something and you misspelled it. You didn't spend money on it. You wrote it on a piece of paper, whatever, fine. I don't give a shit. But I see so many goddamn signs. Signs on storefronts. Signs in front of stores. Signs that people had to pay to have made. And their shit spelled wrong on it. Probably the one that irks me the most, and I see it every goddamn day on my way home from work. It's an auto repair place. And they have a sign out front. It's one of those kind of like twofold signs. So it stands on four legs and it shows both sides of the road or both directions of traffic. And it lists their hours on there. H-O-U-R apostrophe! Yes. Fuck. And now I hear my kid hallway yelling apostrophe. Good job, Kip. Good parenting there. But uh, annoys the shit out of me. I don't, and I don't know why I let it annoy me. Where where I was living before, there was a, a MMA dojo place, whatever, across the street that had the fucking name of their place spelled wrong on the sign above the storefront. They had it spelled right on the window. It was like Trinity Mixed Martial Arts or something. But above, in the light-up sign, it was T-R-I-N-T-Y. Trinity. Fucking stupid people. And these people are just as stupid. So... More than 160 bottles of potentially lethal fake vodka containing industrial solvent and paint stripper have been seized from three shops in Luton. The Glens and Commissar branded bottles were taken off shelves by trading standards officers after they spotted a spelling error on the label. The word bottled had been spelled as B-O-T-T-E-L-E-D. Sounds like something uh, my uh, former co-worker would write. He was always misspelling shit like that. Now, oof. Tests revealed the drink was made with the industrial solvent isopropanol and butanol contained in paint remover. Lutonboro Councillor Aslam Khan said the fake alcohol could kill people. Uh, Mr. Khan said it's very worrying to find these dangerous products on sale locally. Drinking these chemicals could cause serious illness or even death in extreme cases. Many unsuspecting customers may think they're buying cheap duty-free alcohol when they're actually eh, duty when they're actually buying fake and dangerous products. Uh, an investigation into the source of the counterfeit vodka has been launched, but is believed it came from a, quote, white van man. Now, is it a white van man or a white van man? They don't clarify this. I don't understand this. Um, sadly, no comments on this article. Although there is uh, something from the 16th of June last year. Backpacker died after fake gin drink. That sounds like fun. Um, so let's see here. God damn it, I killed the chat. I hate it when I kill the chat. Um, retard. One, two, three, yeah, whatever. That's a 360 gag. I'm not doing that. Um, okay, you know what? The Sam Adams thing, I'm going to hold off until after break. This one, I will carry this into break because this annoyed the shit out of me. And if any of you follow beer news, you've probably 
seen this story pop up. And hold on, let me pour the rest of the silhouette here. Finish up the glass. In my lovely left-hand stout glass, which I miraculously have not broken yet, of course. Saying that, I'll probably fucking break it tonight. Uh, push this bottle out of the way. Let's see. One, two, three, five empties here. Two of them are large bottles. Oof, I have a drinking problem, apparently. So, uh, sources on this one. Reddit, Times of India, Facebook. Indians are getting all pissy again over a beer that they're never going to see or drink anyway. I say again because if you remember, I believe it was it was a beer either from New Zealand or Australia, and I know little Matt would kill me for you know not being able to distinguish between the two. But I remember they had gotten all pissy over a beer that I believe had either what Vishnu or Ganesh or something on on the label, something like that. Well, this beer is from New England Brewing. And it is a double IPA called Gandhi Bot. So I'll post the image here in the chat if you want to see what it looks like. Um, doesn't doesn't look all that bad to me. It's it's kind of like a it's a robot that you know is modeled after Gandhi. That's it, I I don't see the terribly offensive nature to this. <sighs> well, let me see here. A uh, story from the. Times of India, where they apparently took a break from gang rape and subjugating women to write this article. Uh, Connecticut-based New England Brewing Company has apologized for the use of Mahatma Gandhi's image on beer cans and bottles. <sighs> the company even claimed that its intention was to... Pay, uh, okay, the, the writing here. The company even claimed... Wait, let me do this right. The company even claimed that its intention was to pay... And let me, let me mispronounce things the way they would. To pay homage and celebrate the apostle of peace that Gandhi's granddaughter and grandson have expressed their admiration for the label. Uh, the beer brand's called Gandhi Bot, and the company says it's an intensely hot double India pale... A- India... It's an IPA! Don't... Double India pale... Fucking morons. With a blend of three varieties of American hops, a petition was filed in Hyderabad court over the issue alleging that it had insulted the father of the nation. Ugh. An advocate, Sunkari Junardhan Good, filed the petition before some metropolitan magistrate with another fucking whatever, contending that Gandhi's image on the alcohol cans and description of the father of the nation by the brewery is highly condemnable and punishable under Indian laws. The petition submitted that it amounts to offenses under Prevention of Insults to National Honor Act, 1971. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Matt Westfall, sadly, had to apologize to these fuckholes for this. Apologizes if the sentiments of Indian people have been hurt. Um... Oh, see, okay, you know what? Wait a second. Now that I read this a little bit more, I respect it a little bit more because he's not apologizing for the label. He's apologizing that they got pissy over it. We do apologize if the good people of India find our Gandhi bot label offensive. Our intent is not to offend anyone, but rather pay uh, um, homage and celebrate a great man we respect greatly. Um, so basically he's saying, 
Uh, we're sorry you got offended over this, but you're fucking morons. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, we hope that not only our product is consumed responsibly with fine food and friends, but they're also inspired to learn more about Mahatma Gandhi and his nonviolent methods of civil disobedience. So many Indian people here in America love our tribute to the great man. Uh, Gandhi's granddaughter and grandson have seen the label and have expressed their admiration of the label. We hope you understand our true intent, respect the method, and the freedom we have to show our reverence for Gandhi. Now, hold on. This is the most important part here. The company's products are not sold internationally. These fucking dot heads in India never would have seen it. They, it, it, there's no reason. I mean, and the fact, the petition, they're saying it's punishable under Indian laws. Um, the beer is not going to be in India. The beer is in the U.S. Um, the only way it would get to India is illegally anyway. So, what the fuck? Um, let's see the comments. There were, there were, there was some gold in the comments, if I remember correctly. Um, let's see. Yeah, saying it's an advertising trick done by the company trying to get promotion. Okay, potentially. Um, uh, so what with this can? Anyone can lower his reputation. Black money with his image on currency note can be transacted. Notes can be showered in ladies' bar. Uh, legal work can be carried out, but if you use his photo on a beer can, then all hell breaks loose. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, <laughs> okay, I like this. Um, what's the big deal? We Indians get emotional about everything and anything under the sun, then claim we're the most tolerant society. Um, <laughs> when in fact, India is second only to Jordan as the least tolerant country. <laughs> um, oh, okay. This, this one comment, um, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, the, the Facebook story on this one, the Facebook story on this one was fucking gold too. Um, let's see, Dennis, so glad back in time, back home in time for impressions. Um, and Antihero V says Gandhi bought an awesome beer and I, I don't, I don't doubt that it is. I don't know what, and yeah, Dennis saying. Dot heads? What? 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 What do you? What do you want me to call them? I mean, my 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 technical term for them when they piss me off is is calling them dibs because of the way they talk. You know, dibu dabu dibu dabu dibu dibu. And uh, if anybody wants to listen to a old 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 episode of uh, Bill Burr's Monday, Monday Morning Podcast, you will hear in the first instance of his uh, his sometimes recurring feature is it is it racist racist um i can't do an echo in here that i i sent in a question for him and it had to do with that that was me i way back like fucking episode four of the monday morning podcast or something like that so um where's it going with this so call them dibs call them dot heads whatever they piss me off i I, 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 I will admit I, I, have, I have a degree of racism there because too many fucking negative interactions, particularly at work. Um, so let's see, Facebook here. Oh, threats. Oh, threatening violence against New England Brewing Company in the name of someone that believed in peaceful protest. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. 
Uh, and apparently Indians think that Americans worship, yes, worship George Washington. Um, a lot of squiggles from someone named Sri Rag. Uh, let me see if I can let me see if I can post this into the chat. Um, let's see if anybody wants to translate this. Um, let's see here. I don't know if this will actually. Yeah, so that, that those are those are the squiggles. It looks like a bunch of penises, right? Um, I don't know. Let, let me let me see what this uh, what this dumbass said. Uh, translate. I mean, it, it, it's going to come out like broken English, but it'll sound pretty natural at that point, then, right? Um, oh come on! Translate it to English, you f- fucking piece of fucking shit. Translate. That could detect the language. Rigorous. <laughs> okay. Oh, the only the only words that the only words it actually was able to translate were rigorous program of unwashed and suck. <sighs> okay. Um. Uh. Come on. I want to see. I want to see more. More people offended. Come on, I want to see... Uh, uh, see, I like this comment from James Anderson. I'm tired of vocal micro-minorities. And I'm sure we all are. Right, Scrams? They've always existed, but only in recent times that the internet have they gotten a broad audience. In the past, we just ignored them, but now anyone with a gripe and a keyboard can push their narrow agendas. It's at the point where one person can bitch about something and shit happens. One person can do it. And shit happens. Pisses me off. Um, if damn, I'm trying to find. There, I mean, there are a lot of comments on here. Um, uh, God damn it, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find more offensive comments, and I can't find them. Coffee enema. Um. Uh, that thing you did broke the heart of Indians and those who love Gandhi. So we are hoping that you would change the name of the product or recall it. Thanks for responding on our protest. This shows your broad heart. Well, at least that guy was polite about it. Mm. Damn. See, I can't find... Uh... Let's see. Harish hmm, National Mannschaft. What? That can't be real. And I don't understand what he's typing anyway. Uh, what the fuck? Whatever on that. Uh, wait, I think I had something else too. Uh, shit. Ah, whatever. I don't give a shit. Um, my, my whole take on this thing, because I, I, oh wait, hold on a second. There was, there was a, there was a good, there was a good Twitter interaction too before I get to that. Uh, from Anandhu Rajendran, his his exact exact post was market George Washington boots losers, and Arena Rock responded to that with that would be offensive to exactly zero people. Nobody would care at all. Ah, <sighs> there actually was um. Like giving giving uh, an example of a world leader, there, there was a uh, I can't remember who brewed it. There was a beer that was going to be called Churchill, 
And Churchill's surviving family didn't want him on or his name associated with a beer. So they changed Church on a Hill and they kind of alluded to the imagery with the bottle and everything. So it, it, it does happen. But Gandhi's family is fine with this. So I don't see the problem with that. But my take is basically, if these people fucking respect Gandhi so much, clean up your own goddamn country first. Simple as that. Um, one of the comments in the original article on the Times of India referred to Gandhi statues in India that are regularly covered in bird shit. Yeah, that's showing some great reverence there for your your father of the country or whatever. But no, 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 I, I guess a battle against a beer can half a world away is more deserving your time. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't clean up the bird shit. No, 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 that's, that's, it's dripping down his face. That's fine. He doesn't mind. Oh, a beer can in New England. Oh my God, we have to have a petition. Clean up the shit in your streets. Clean up the shit on the statues. Clean up your fucking country and stop worrying about our goddamn beer. It's none of your goddamn concern. Alcohol by Cheers. volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey, it's hey. oh, the name of the show. Hey, more like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. Let's shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this fit. Are you on a pee? I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. Hey, smokers, you stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Antisocial. Gamer Radio. Hi, this is Ashley, host of Antisocial Gamer Radio, telling you to come listen to my show every Tuesday at uh, 9 p.m. UK time, 4 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Uh, every week, I like to talk about all the latest stuff going on in the gaming world, what's been coming out, what's new releases, all the topics that you like to hear. I'll be talking about it every single week. Mr. Turtle, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? I ain't never made it through a whole episode. Ask Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? Let's find out. A one, a two, a three, three. How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? The world may never know. I said three, motherfucker. The Shy Kids podcast. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific at morelikeradio.com. We are the Shy Kids. Saturday's noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. Ollie, Ollie, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ollie, I'm outside right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring hard out here. Uh, Sounds. 
like, where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? Wait a minute, Holly. I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. Hold on a second. What, you, what are you doing in my yard? I'm getting too old for this shit. Hey guys, it's Hals from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I just keep thinking to myself and it makes me giggle that I, every time I hear the story, I imagine it was Ray Romano in the same situation. <laughs> oh, 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 man, bro. Oh, Kind of does. I barely that. touched her. Come on. Oh. oh, it was my brother. Look at him. He's bigger than me. Come on. Oh. Come on. Everybody loves me. Oh, I, got, I got twins. Come on. Oh, let's go. Let's go Home Depot. Come on. Fess up, Raymond. You know it was you that got you on video. Anybody want soup? Ma, come on, we're talking over here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm dying. (laughs) So if you learn anything from Hippo Juice, remember, Ray Romano allegedly punched his wife in an elevator. Right. (laughs) We don't report the news accurately. We report half of it. Whatever. It's still news. So fuck you guys. This is more entertaining than some football player. Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Now deep sleep, cause the V is so deep. An interesting show, it won't ever put you to sleep. It has all the content that you want the best show on the planet. I ain't even gonna front deep sleep. Bringing it again and again. Don't ever miss a show and make sure that you're always tuned in. Hosted by my man Mike and Ski Ray. Keep it turned up on the mic. All day, ask me what's my favorite podcast, I say deep deep. Listen to the show while you're sipping on your tea. It's the hottest of the high, you ain't gotta trust me. Tune into the show and you will definitely see. With Mike and Ski Ray, you can't go wrong. The biggest show ever, bigger than a King Kong. Listen up and don't ever, ever miss a beat. It's deep deep, remember that the V is so deep. What's up, everybody? DV Podcast. DV. Be sure to listen to us Fridays at 8 Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Yep. Also download us on iTunes. Just type in DV. DV, your favorite podcast. Favorite, favorite podcast. You know, we at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudiced to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? You going for it? We'll name check every country on the show that way no one can be mad about that. I could do Swedish. Oh yeah, what? Birdie birdie. <laughs> and to the Italians? Papa the poopy. Papa the poopy. <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans? The hey, man. Uh Spain? <laughs> uh Singapore? <laughs> Amazing. Australians? Cockerel Dundalk. No. 
a big loop are you? <laughs> no, that sounds That's like terrible. Limerick or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slag off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist. <laughs> oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. This is Mitch, producer of Dutch and Royce. I just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you why we are better than you. I took the turkey baster and put it in the glass and sucked up as much pee as I could. I took the turkey baster, after lubricating it in my asshole, and put it up as far as I could in my asshole, and I was repeatedly thrusting it in and out while jacking off and screaming out a boy's name and moaning to make it feel like it was real. I can't believe I then I then imagined Sean, did my you write this? I then imagined in my head him screaming, I'm coming! And I squeezed the turkey baster ball, shooting all my pee into my hands. I kept taking to the I kept taking the turkey baster out and filling it with more pee and shooting it deep into my asshole, making it feel like it was a huge come. Listen to Dutch and Royce Live Tuesdays from 10 to midnight, only on morelikeradio.com. Hey you! Yes! You guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in a More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. Right there on the right, stupid. The official Alcohol by Volume YouTube channel. Find out what's destroying my liver every week. Ah, my liver, my liver. New beer reviews every Saturday morning. And occasionally some bonus reviews in the middle of the week, too. Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Subscribe now at youtube.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. Come on, let's go drink till we can't feel feelings anymore. A tub of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. MoreLikeRadio.com Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. I was afraid the dragon wouldn't cough the moon back up. You idiot! The dragon always coughs the moon back up. I know it's futile, but I must again point out, there is no dragon. Then why am I paying $800 a year in dragon insurance? Again, I maintain that money would be better spent on car insurance. Lisa, everyone knows dragons do not attack cars. Jeez, pick up a book. I pick up books like you pick up beers. Then you have a serious reading problem. Welcome back to Alcohol by Volume. Hour number two of the show. Back from the break. Everybody feels like Skyping in. You probably don't want to, but it's okay. Alcohol by Volume, all one word. Or the phone number 862-345-7125. I actually had a voice message on my Skype, and I think it was the same thing that tried to call me last week. With, uh, I don't know what the fuck that was. It was some stupid auto machine call bullshit whatever whatever um ooh a little hot there yeah sizzle 
Um, this was a big article that was going around the craft beer world this week. If you don't follow this stuff, you probably wouldn't have seen it. But if you do follow some beer news, chances are it came across your Twitter timeline, came across your Facebook page, whatever. It, it, it came across your face somewhere. Yeah. And all of your back. Um, this was from Boston Magazine. Let's see, who is the article writer here? I want to give him due credit. Andy Crouch, entitled Wasted, How the Craft Beer Movement Abandoned Jim Cook and His Beloved Sam Adams. So I'm not I'm not reading this whole thing. Uh, just kind of the, the highlights of it. It starts off, Jim Cook was pissed off. The most recognizable man in American beer who sold us all on the idea of craft brew three decades ago on his way to a billion-dollar fortune was having dinner last October with a group of brewers inside Row 34, one of Boston's top-rated beer bars. The drink list was filled with esoteric options from hot new breweries throughout the country as well as palate-pleasing offerings from abroad. But Cook had a problem. Though this mecca for beer nerds carries two dozen beers on draft and another 38 in bottles and cans, it doesn't serve his beloved Sam Adams. Staring at the beer menu, Cook began to criticize the selection. More than half of it, he said, wasn't worthy of being served, inadvertently insulting the establishment's owner, who, unbeknownst to Cook, was sitting next to him. Then Cook interrogated the beer manager about the offerings. Unsatisfied with the answers, Cook complained about the beers so intensely that an employee at the bar teared up. Cook rose from his seat and walked into the keg room where he started checking freshness dates on his competitors' kegs. Now, eh, was was Cook maybe a little out of line? Yeah, you you don't you don't want to make an employee cry. It, yeah, but a guy like Jim Cook is obviously passionate about what he does, and he I mean he he loves Sam Adams. He wants it to be everywhere. So, the article goes on to say, unfortunately for Cook. And this is the meat of the article here. The simple truth is that more and more beer drinkers don't want Sam Adams, and in turn, an increasing number of bars won't sell the famous Amber Lager. Cook's Boston Beer Company may have built the craft beer business as we know it, but local beer geeks, the industry's kind of sewers, thinks, think he's lost his edge. And um, uh, let's see, their beers are kind of middle of the road, says Mac Toast, co owner of Deep Element Alston. Citing when he considers the brand's questionable quality, he doesn't carry any of the Sam Adams line. I think what they're trying to do is make the beer that's more flavorful than the fizzy lo- yellow lager that was once popular everywhere, but they don't uh, they just don't fit into what I'm doing. For me, serving something that's mediocre is just really not what I do. Now remember that line. Serving something that is mediocre is just something really not something or uh, some god damn it. For me, serving something that is mediocre is just really not what I do. Daniel Lanigan, owner of the beer bar Lord Hobo in Cambridge, agrees. I just never considered their beers to be world-class, he says, and I decided not to sell them. Now, I am willing to bet that uh, at least one of those two, either Max Toast or Daniel Lanigan, has a handlebar mustache, because, probably Daniel Lanigan, because that... I just never considered their beers to be world-class. A statement like that is... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't even have the words for it. It, just, it comes across as so pompous and elitist. 
and that really bothers me. So the article goes on to say it's not that you can't find Sam Adams in the town, but it's that these basically hipster bars aren't serving Sam Adams and they got to serve, you know, the what whatever, you know, um, let me come up with something completely random here. Uh, 4th Street Rosemary Double IPA with orange peel and peppercorns that's only brewed once a year on the first Tuesday of March. It's something like that. I mean... I I get the fact that there are heady toppers out there. There are plenty of the elders out there and stuff like that. But the entire craft beer world is not that. Ugh. Um, it continues saying how, basically how like IPAs have gotten a big foothold, and Sam Adams isn't really known for that. I mean, they got the Rebel IPA, they got the Latitude Forty Eight, but it's not the kind of beers that Sam Adams are known for. And they're saying that Sam Adams isn't innovating. He's getting left behind. And that, you know, basically like alleging that the craft beer community doesn't really respect him anymore. Um, let me scroll down in here. See if there's anything else significant in this article. Because there's there's a blog entry that I really, really want to get to. Because I, I think it I think it hit the right note on every single part of this article. There are so many other responses to this article out here that basically come across as, you know, yeah, Sam Adams sucks, Teddy Topper forever, and shit like that. And this blog entry that I'm going to get to seemed to be a shining beacon within all those that wasn't saying that. And I, I really, really liked what this guy had to say. Um, I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything in this original article. Um, a good line here. Cook's attitude is clear. He doesn't give a damn. You can't meet the needs of every hipster bar, he tells me from inside the, J- inside the tasting room at his JP brewery. So, and... and I, I don't fucking blame him. Um, you can't make everything a goddamn hop bomb nowadays. And Jim Cook doesn't want to. And I don't blame him. I do not blame him whatsoever. You can't make it a, you know, rare, you know, limited run exclusive only available from the brewery. To be fair, they do one beer, I remember, that is a brewery exclusive. And I'm trying to remember what the fuck it was. It, I, I wanted to say, damn, it It was related to a wedding or something like that. I know I talked about it on the show. If somebody remembers, let me know. But um, it was some kind of brewery exclusive, like not necessarily a one-time only thing, but it only available at the brewery. Um, and the article goes on to say how like, accusing Boston, people have accused Boston beer of... Um, pay for play on draft lines and stuff like that and cook denies that and i don't blame him 
Um, he says you know, it's pretty straightforward. It's against our company policies to break the law. We've done a f- we've done fine with the policy of sticking to the law. We've been very successful. If we really needed pay to play, we wouldn't be where we are. Um, now, let's see. Reading through the comments here. Uh, let's see here. There seems to be an even mix of people that are kind of agreeing with the article and then other people that are saying, what the fuck? Um, Okay, here we go. This is from Alan. He posted this eight hours ago as the time the show was running. Bottom line, Americans buy a ton of Sam Adams beers. The beer geeks who are who only believe that beer has to be super hopped, high ABV, barrel aged, or sour are really in the minority of beer drinkers. A vocal minority, but still a minority. If more of the elitist craft beer bars did sell Sam Adams, they'd likely increase their sales as they open themselves up to a much larger drinking audience and consequently turn more people onto craft beer. I will not deny that Sam Adams can be seen as a gateway to craft beer. Now, it's I, I'd say it's more a more legitimate gateway to craft beer. You could argue that things like Blue Moon and Shock Top are also gateways, but being owned by Big Beer, it's it's a little further back on the scale. Of course, um, somebody decided to respond to him with "Bottom line: Americans buy a ton of Budweiser. The beer geeks who only believe that. so basically tried to replace Sam Adams with Budweiser, which is completely off base." Um. Yeah. And somebody else replies to that with, this isn't really about the product, but rather the manufacturer. If the Boston Beer Company came out with the best beer on the market, it would never get recognized as such because of who they are. It's kind of like how if Budweiser put out a really, really good beer, it wouldn't get recognized because of who they are. For instance, when I when I got those Brewmaster Select cases, I recognized those beers for what they are. They were actually pretty good. Yeah, they were done by Budweiser Brewmasters, but they were pretty damn good. I mean, some of them I would put up against, you know, several craft beers in terms of quality. So it's like Sam Adams is starting to get that Budweiser stigma now. Um, and, and somebody else is trying to say, that's kind of like saying if more high-end restaurants added Big Macs to their menu, they'd increase their sales and turn more people onto expensive food. Um, no. It's not 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 even not even close. But you know what? Okay, f- fuck fuck the comments. Fuck this article. I'm going to the blog entry here. Um, oh, Antihero V in the chat. He says um, talking about cosmic motherfunk. I I want to say it was something other than that though, because I know I know about cosmic motherfunk because um, they blended into the um, the utopias that I have here. Um. Fuck, maybe you know what? Maybe it was that. I don't know, but I know I know KMF is in um, at least the 2013 and 2014 utopias. Um, damn, I'll have to look back on an old show because I, I remember some weird story about it. But eh. Um, but th- this blog entry and I I. I uh, this was linked on uh, Twitter. I saw this posted by uh, an old friend of mine, Nicole. And, uh, you know, I want to give 
proper credit where it's due. It's it's anti-hero brewing, anti-hero brewing that wordpress.com. But let's see. Um give credit. Oh, son of a bitch. Jesus Christ. Yeah, anti-hero V. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't equating the uh username there, dude. Mm, I am stupid. So, yeah, he he's he's in the chat right now, the guy that wrote the blog. So, um, Boston Brick Red that's only available in Boston. That, ah, damn. That might have been it. I'm trying to remember. Oh, one of these, I'm going to have to go through my old show prep because I, I keep all that saved. I, <laughs> I will blame the silhouette here because that is, that's what's knocking me out. So, he's in the chat right now. If, if you would like to follow him on Twitter and am I following him on Twitter yet? I don't know if I am. I probably should be if I'm not. Uh, boom. Now I am. Anti, uh, at Antihero V on Twitter. Um, Sam Adams and why we need to stop listening to hipsters. Already, I, I love this. Because too much... I mean, I know the stereotypical hipster is drinking the PBR. But you also have your beer hipster that is really trying to dictate what the craft beer craft beer market should be and it seems like they are the ones that are so militant against Sam Adams they're the ones that are so militant against brewers like um, Kona that are partially owned by Anheuser-Busch they're the ones that are so militant against Goose Island and insist that Goose Island beers now suck ever since they got bought by AB InBev. So, let me start with this entry here. The phenomenal beer writer Andy Crouch penned this interesting, and if you're one of the TLDR generation, long piece about Boston Beer Company, and yes, it was a very long article. It's founder Jim Cook and their overall place in the craft beer movement. If you're interested in beer, and since you're reading some shitheads homebrewing blog, see, I love this blog already. I'm going to assume you are, and you should take the time to read the whole article, which I did. The long and short of the piece is that despite the founder of the craft beer move, uh, despite being the founder of the craft beer movement, Sam Adams is being quote left behind by the shifting tastes of craft beer drinkers in the changing marketplace. Crouch talks to a lot of respected industry folks and gathers a lot of perspectives and opinions for this piece and presents them fairly and evenly. The article starts with Cook essentially pitching a shit fit in a Boston bar called Row 34 because they don't have his beloved Sam Adams Boston Lager available or any other Boston Beer Company products. I'd assume it doesn't paint Cook in a particularly nice light, but it is what it is. And that is true. It it did not give a good impression of Jim Cook. And from everything I have heard of Jim Cook, he's not that kind of a guy. So it, it makes me wonder what they're omitting from that article that kind of maybe set him off. Uh, Crouch then gets the co-owner of Deep Ellum and the owner of Lord Hobo to essentially say that Boston Lager is a mediocre product. And that pissed me right the fuck off. And that's the point that I got pissed off in the article too. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to read through the whole blog, and I I will link this on the Facebook page because I think you guys need to read it too. And I don't want to read it verbatim to you, but um, he goes on to say the reason that bars like Deep Ellum, Lord Hobo, and so on, it's not that they don't serve Sam Adams because it's a, quote, mediocre product. But, and, and, and there were people in the comments in this article that did try and 
dispute this. But here it says it, because they can make an extra $3 a pint on a truly mediocre product, and that in turn makes them more money. Think of the markup on some of the, not necessarily white whales out there, but think, think of a bar that's serving KBS from Founders. Look at your pints, the normal prices there. Five, six, seven dollars. And then you get a pint, actually probably not even a pint of KBS. You're probably getting 12 ounces of KBS. You're looking at 20 $25 perhaps. Um, there is a substantial markup on that. And they'll grab those instead of Sam Adams because they can. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. Uh, five minutes of stutter, Dennis. God damn it. Um, yeah, okay, Mitch loves him some Goose Island right now. The the three the three one two pale ale, yes, okay. Um, oh, okay. Antihero V is saying they're admitting that everyone at Row thirty four got shit uh, shit housed at Harpoon earlier in the night. That would that would make sense. Um, Dennis is trying to claim that Sam Adams is a mediocre product, but Mitch Mitch has a better better way of describing it. It's safe. Wouldn't call it mediocre by any stretch. It's not an out there brew. Okay, Dennis says Boston Lager specifically. Um, yeah, Mitch likes Porch Rocker. Porch Rocker is. I've had a bunch of Rattlers out there. I've I've had Rattlers from Germany, from you know different locations in Europe, different locations in the U.S. Porch Rocker is still the best, the best, honestly. Um. And yeah, Mitch also says Honey Lugle, uh, and Kugel's Honey Weiss can suck a dick compared to Borge Rocker. Yeah. Um, uh, Antihero V. Mediocre is an indictment of quality, not of taste. To say Sam Adams is mediocre compared to beers that are legitimately flawed, uh, DMS, diacetyl, uh, and being sold in Boston. So, okay. Dennis, see, Dennis still insists that Boston lager is mediocre. Antihero V will still insist that it's not mediocre, incredibly well-made. But Dennis may not like it. I I think I think Boston... I, I go back to kind of what Mitch said there. It is a safe beer. That doesn't mean it's mediocre. It doesn't mean it's bad. And it doesn't mean it's, you know, sky-high fantastic. It is a safe beer. And a lot of Sam Adams beers... If I walk into the liquor store and I don't necessarily want to think about what I have to buy... I don't want to think about, am I in the mood for a stout? Oh, do I want an IPA, but not something that's too hop forward? Or, you know, oh, wait, maybe uh, not something too high ABV. Wait, uh, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want that brewer or that brewer. A lot of the time, I'll go to Sam Adams and I'll pick from those. I'll pick from Cherry Wheat. I'll pick from Cream Stout. Uh, in the summer, I'll pitch, pick from Porch Rocker. Sometimes... I will just say, you know what, fuck it, and go with Boston Lager because I feel like I can't go wrong with Boston Lager. Um, okay, it, and I, I, Mitch, I think Mitch has it right. He says, I think I know what Dennis is saying. Mediocre meaning it's nothing you shout to the sky for, but it's also not fucking awful like a Miller, Coors, or Bud. Um, 
I, I almost, you know, I almost think that Dennis wants to say more average rather than mediocre. I don't know because medi- mediocre. Damn it, Dennis! Why must you bring that up? In the chat, he says, "Okay, that's coming from someone who drank Bud as a safe beer at the bowling alley. It was cheap, and it was my birthday. The pitchers were cheap. Damn it! Damn it! I'm never doing that again." I don't think I've had a Budweiser since then. Oh, God damn. Was, it, was, was that a year and a half ago now? And yeah, Mitch says one of his you know, go-tos at a bar is Boston Lager, mostly because what some of the bars he goes to, a Boston Lager is a, quote, import to them. I hate it when bars label it as an import. Um, yeah, Line and Kugels was on the import menu. Uh, I mean, at least it's a little bit more acceptable when they put it on craft, but even then... Um, Okay, you know what? And I'll I'll go with Antihero V here. He says, "But Bud Miller Core and Miller, yeah. but Bud Miller and Coors aren't awful." In quotes, they're incredibly consistent, and light lagers are terribly difficult to make. You might not like the taste. I don't, but I won't knock BMC for their ability to nail the consistency and repeatability. And there there is a skill to that for being able to make that same beer again and again just because of the ingredients that are in it. You you look at a, you look at a lot of other beers that mm, they almost pride themselves on their inconsistency. Um, damn it, Dennis! No, I'm I'm reading his blog, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I I, th- I think Sam Adams has that same consistency, and maybe that's why some craft drink craft beer drinkers are getting down on them because they typically don't really have that year-to-year inconsistency, whereas other brewers were like, well, you know, this year's such-and-such, you know, we had a little bit more of this uh, pop-up, and I know I'm being completely vague. You know, we, we, we had a little bit more, you know, vanilla apparent in it, and, you know, this this blend of hops went to the background a little bit more things like that um and maybe that maybe that's part of the problem that that consistency is is seen as awful and slash you know boring and sam adams is probably having that problem where they are able to you know at the at the stage that they can produce they had that consistency going and maybe people are seeing that as boring, but I see it again, like kind of like Mitch said, it's it's safe. But another way to put it is, it's also it's also very comfortable. And maybe that's why that's why big beers have such a foothold too, because they're comfortable for people. They don't want to get out of that comfort zone. Uh, I drank Bud Light for years, and it's it's tough for some people to get out of that comfort zone. I, I It took me a little while for my, to get my father-in-law out of that comfort zone, and he still drinks Bud Light. Um, but one of his other favorite beers is from Cricket Hill. It's their... Um, uh, fuck. Uh, holy crap. Uh, East Coast Lager. Couldn't believe I was forgetting that. Um, let's see. Uh... 
Mitch says if any craft brewer had access to the equipment, marketing, power, name recognition, they would easily take over. Like the anal retentive attention to detail. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can make a better steak than Applebee's, but people still go to Applebee's and buy steak. And yeah, because it's it sometimes it's easier, it's comfortable. Um, and Antero V has a has a really good points. Um, uh, Goose Island's IPA has gotten cleaner since InBev took over brewing it. That's what quality is about. Everyone's taste is subjective, but quality isn't. And that's why I didn't have a problem with Goose Island being taken over by InBev because I, I honestly did not think that they were going to alter what Goose Island was doing, but potentially make it better. Um, not necessarily better... Eh, yeah, potentially better tasting, but you know, better distribution, better processing. I guess that could make it taste better. You know, things like that. Um, and let's see, Mitch is talking about the three one two again. Um, I yeah, the three one uh, the yeah the three one two wheat. I I like the I like the wheat one more um, rather than the wheat pale ale. But yeah, Scrams likes them both, but. It goes to it goes to show you. I mean, Goose Island. There, you you could say that, with the exception of the uh, the BCS line, their other beers are again pretty consistent, and they could almost be. They're they're almost at that point where they could be considered safe and comfortable, um. And I was going somewhere with this, and I my train of thought is just completely derailed. But, you know, people people don't see Goose Island as craft anymore. I honestly still do. Uh, God damn it. Tra- train of thought, derailed, boarding at the station, something like that. Okay, Scram says it's been his go-to beer in Chicago for seven years. And the the 312... And I, I got to ask Scrams, and I know there's a slight... Del- <laughs> Mitch says silhouette's kicking in. Yeah, I, I don't have much of the glass left, so... Um, I got to ask you, Scrams. It's been your go-to beer in Chicago for seven years. Can you taste a noticeable difference in that beer from before Goose Island got bought out by AB InBev and after? And if there is some kind of noticeable difference... Is it bad or is it good? Simple as that. I I am genuinely curious about that because I see people on Beer Advocate, you know, just they will insist that Goose Island has gone downhill, man, and, and shit like that. It's I don't know, and I I I think it's the hipsters, you know, that are for for, for lack of a better term, because you know, it's not necessarily all the you know mustachioed fedora wearing um flannel listening to a band you haven't heard of guys you know stuff like that um i don't know hipster is a pretty good all-encompassing kind of thing um okay this this was probably the paragraph in the blog that completely just it, it, it completely won me over Side tangent on Boston Lager's, quote, mediocrity. Fuck you if you think you're too good for Boston Lager. Your palate isn't, quote, sophisticated. It's scorched earth from the ridiculous hop bomb West Coast IPAs, 
Most of the IPAs that people love, they're garbage. Beer snobs, the hipsters with the fedoras, hey, fedoras, see? Who want to know if their beer is vegan, confuse scarcity with quality and ubiquity with mediocrity. And that is a fantastic point. I mean, for everything I've heard about, again, I, I go to these two all the time, Pliny the Elder and Hetty Topper being the be-all, end-all of beer, particularly IPAs. I saw a Reddit post last week where a guy said, you know, basically, I just had a Hetty Topper and, meh, I don't get the hype. Um, I've, I've heard that, for instance, uh, Ballast Point Sculpin, which I have a growler of right now, is just as good as, if not better, than Hetty Topper. I enjoy that, and I'm able to get it at a decent price out here. Um, scarcity does not mean good, but apparently in the market now, it seems to. Um, let's see. the uh, Even uh, Dan Paquette of Pretty Things, which is who is essentially King Hipster, which, yes, very true, had this to say, annoying young hipster attitude towards beer. It's the same sort of attitude you find in music. Oh, that brew so last year. People want to try new stuff all the time. There are two sides to the coin on that for Boston beer. They're so big nationally, but I'm sure they'd love to be back on the scene in these beer bars. And to be fair, I, I've not had any Pretty Things beers because I don't get them out here. And um, let's see, uh, Antihero V has a side note on the article. Uh, uh, Pretty Things makes some excellent beers, and every time I've met Dan and his wife Martha, they've been super cool people. And yeah, you got to wonder sometimes if these people kind of put on airs a little bit too. Um, it, it, it makes me wonder like when, when the backlash I mean th there already is some but when the real backlash is going to come against a brewer like Stone um, because I know there is some backlash against them um, eh, Stone sucks Rogue has the same problem um, and the, the, the accusation with Rogue is usually like kind of hype over substance you know the voodoo donut beers the sriracha beer stuff like that but they they, they do some very solid beers the chipotle ale the the uh, hazelnut i i think they do good stuff um yeah uh oh okay uh, mitch said i don't know if you read or talked about it there's the article i posted saying fuck your ipas i do remember that uh top beer tasters say that above 60 ibus it all tastes the same so the 100 is a waste and that's true um, and, and then you see these beers that say they're above 100 IBUs, which I, going by that scale, I, I have read is technically impossible, but they seem to do it anyway. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't need a fucking hop bomb. Give me flavor. I have gotten more into the hop forward beers now, but <sighs> when they try and turn it into a hop bomb, it, it turns into... Uh, it, it 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 turns into a game, seeing almost who can get there first, who can who can get the quote hoppiest beer, and damn the flavor, they're just trying to be first on the hill. Um, yeah, and Dennis Rogue is hit or miss. You've covered this many times. Still love the Shakespeare oatmeal stout. That that's another really good one. Um. And honestly, I think every brewer is kind of hit or miss. I mean, I've had stuff that I haven't really enjoyed from Sam Adams before. Um, 
know, and nobody's going to make something that, you know, you're, you're not going to like a brewer's every single beer. I think that is impossible. Um, let's see, Mitch posted, here's a local, everyone raves for this. I had it once and it tasted like I was tongue-fucking a bottle of pine salt. Wait a second, I've had a can of Surly Furious and I actually did like that. So, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it tasted like pine salt, but I'm not saying my palate's more refined. Maybe it's just been killed with, from certain IPAs, perhaps. Um... Let me go through a little bit more of this blog because, it, honestly, again, I got to remember to link this blog because it, I don't want to, again, I don't want to read it verbatim because um, that's just boring. Why don't you read it yourself? There's a lot of good stuff in here. Um, God damn it. It, it. Oh, it's hard to pick and choose. It's hard to pick and choose. Um, let's see uh, from okay from the article there's a quote authenticity is extremely important to millennials more so than any other generation we've seen before says Michelle Snodgrass of Visium a strategic marketing agency that works with global brands such as Anheuser-Busch millennials can see right through insincerity and they're actually looking for it to which he responds bullshit authenticity might be important to millennials because they have absolutely none of it themselves which is true look at the hipsters again I like this writing here. They may actually be looking for it, but they wouldn't know what it was if it latched onto their balls like an angry wolverine. My generation, sadly, was raised on instant gratification, participation trophies, garbage food, mind-numbing media, and a constant feedback loop that your opinion is totally relevant and important regardless of how little you actually fucking know about it. Millennials are living, breathing manifestations of Holden Caulfield that lack the sort of self-awareness to realize their own irony. The art, uh, the blog can, uh, finishes with, craft beer, including Sam Adams, is amazing. It's everything else about the craft beer movement, trademark, that fucking sucks. And it is a shame. The craft beer movement has become immensely elitist. And... Somehow, somehow, despite the fact that they're known for having PBR in their hands, you know, 24-7, it seems like the hipsters have taken it over. And it is frightening. So, I say we have to fucking take it back. I mean, like, like this blog entry, write a fucking blog. Write, write a Facebook post. Write a Twitter post. You know, I, I do my beer reviews. I'm not a fucking expert when it comes to beers. I'm not an expert when it comes to big beer, craft beer, n beer in general. I enjoy beer, and I try and sound like I know what I'm talking about, basically. And some of you seem to like my reviews, so I must be doing something right. I must be informing people in the everyman, layman's kind of way, and definitely not a hipster kind of way. Because if I was doing a hipster kind of way, it would be like, well, um, the color of this is kind of a um, auburn peanut, and uh, let's see, the, the viscosity is uh, about uh, 
I'd say I'd rate it about a five, and when I taste it, oh, and let me see, on the, on the, on the back taste buds, I'm getting that, that hint of rosemary, and, and bullshit like that. I, uh, craft beer was supposed to be fun, and the hipsters are turning it into, oof. Yeah, Okay. And you know what, Dennis? Dennis has it right there. It, one, once I say what Dennis posted, I'm getting into the new beer releases and reveals. I'm leaving this subject at that. Like every movement has become more about feeling better about everyone else than about the topic at hand. In this case, beer. There we go. Um, and Mitch thinks all my future reviews should be like that. God damn it. I'll do one just like that for you, Mitch. I don't know when. I don't know what I'll do. You know what? Maybe I'll do a can of PBR like that for you. Oh, the, the way the can sits in my hand. It's like it was molded to be there. It's perfection in aluminum. Something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'll do as a goof on April Fool's Day. How about that? It's, only, it's less than four months away. Come on. Well, okay, you know what? <laughs> okay, better than, not better about, whatever, you know. Uh, feeling better, I, I think I, yeah, I, I, I read it as it was written, but I knew what you meant. Like every movement, it's become more about feeling better than everyone else than about the topic at hand, in this case, beer. Um, do a gluten-free beer or a bottle of water. It's pre-beer, dude. <laughs> okay, I actually like that. But, Transitioning here, speaking of gluten-free beer, <laughs> um, Stone, which I was speaking about before, enters the gluten-reduced realm with their uh, upcoming, and actually, I it's actually out now. I have not found it yet, but I'm curious to try it. It's their delicious IPA. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-beer, I appreciate its complexity and what it could turn into. God damn it. Oh, dude, dude. Oh, Shit, copy-paste, copy-paste, because I I have to save that. I, oh, oh, Mitch, that is fucking brilliant, dude. I think I may have to do that. Probably April Fool's Day. Um, You guys will be privy to it. The other people that view my channel will not be, so. <laughs> that is, dude, that's fucking brilliant. So, okay, Stone Delicious IPA. They're using that enzyme that reduces the gluten in the beer, which was originally used as a clarifying agent, with the additional side effect of reducing gluten. Uh, lemon drop and Eldorado hops provide a fruity citrus character, described as having a lemon candy-like flavor that's balanced by hop spice. I can get into that. 7.7% ABV. It's going to be available in six packs and on draft. The draft version, however, cannot make the claim of being gluten reduced. Of course, Dennis says delicious and IPA. I'll never get used to hearing those two in the same sentence. It, it, seem, it seems like uh, Stone is running out of adjectives for the IPAs, you know? You know delicious, go-to, whatever. Um, oh, my. Mitch says, here's a new one for me. You know my stance on IPAs, but I just poured a Goose Island Endless IPA. I... Give you full props, Mitch. Expanding your horizons. He says, it's not bad. There you go. And, okay, you know what? Kind of like I was told, I, I, um, try a um, 
fuck was if you get it in Minnesota, Firestone Walker. Um, I I'm trying to remember their double IPA, uh, double Jack. I think that one might potentially appeal to you because it has a stronger multi character than other IPAs because double IPAs typically do. Um, but I, I'm I'm impressed that you're you're having a Goose Island endless IPA and it's not bad. There's a gateway there. It 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 happens. Okay, still tastes like I'm eating out a wreath. Yeah, okay. IPA started like that with me too, and eventually I I don't know, I hit that sweet spot where I could appreciate some of them. IPAs are not for everyone. And eventually if you taste enough and you still cannot cannot stomach them, it's not for you. But me, I find I finally found my way, and I found a bunch of others I can drink. But whatever. Um, uh, delicious IPA. It's gonna be pretty much everywhere. Stone distributes, and from what again, from what I've read, it's out on shelves now. I think it actually released officially yesterday. So keep an eye out for that. I'm keeping an eye out for it. I want to try it out. Uh, see how Stone does gluten uh, gluten review. God. Can't talk. Gluten reduced. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Southern Tier 2X Espresso. Uh, I know I have links here. Here we go. Post this image in the chat. See, the show turns into a debacle. I, I try. I try. I try and do a serious show, and then and then I drink the silhouette and see what happens. It's a double milk stout brew with coffee and lemon peels, and this actually seems to be a new trend picking up as of late, adding citrus elements into the non-hop-forward beers. I've, I've seen it with a number of beers lately. It's going to be in 12-ounce bottles and on draft, uh, 7.5% ABV shipping this month. Uh, then we got Victory Deep Cocoa Porter. Uh, image of this for the chat if my mouse would behave for me. I know you love seeing the images in the chat. It's a porter brewed with cocoa nibs, 750 milliliter bottles, 8.5% ABV. Release on this one is to be determined. Uh, one thing I got to say about Victory, and at least in my area, their large bottles like this one are ordinarily relatively inexpensive, often no more than six or seven bucks. I, I've gotten some of their larger bottles for like four or five bucks, and it's been good stuff. Not necessarily great stuff all the time, but always good stuff. So check them out if they are in your area. Th this is one that I'll probably pick up when I find it. This is one that sadly I'm not going to be able to pick up because it is a brewery-only release, but if you're in the area... You should be happy to pick it up. Uh, Allagash Emotional Honey. It is part of Allagash's 12.7-ounce Corked and Caged series. It's an ale aged in mead barrels, 6.8% ABV, and it is arriving on the 24th of this month. Uh, let's see. Two more things coming up here. Schmaltz St. Jubilation. See, I can say Jew. Royce can't because Royce says it with anger. Uh, it's a sour ale. They're teaming up with Cathedral Square Brewery out of St. Louis, Missouri. It is a reinterpreted recipe of Schmaltz's monumental Jubilation. <laughs> well, it is Jubilation, Mitch. See? <laughs> uh, fermented with Belgian yeast from Cathedral Square Brewery and aged in barrels that once held the 
2014 Funky Jubilation. It's a Belgian-style Imperial Sour Rye. It's available on January 9th. Uh, 25 ounces corked and cage bottles, and much like Allagash, it's another brewery-only release, 9% ABV on this one. And then, finally, uh, three new ones from Sierra Nevada for 2015. <laughs> Mitch says, I bet it tastes like oppression. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny, but I do. I have problems. Um, so three new beers for Sierra Nevada in 2015. One is the previously reported Nooner Pilsner, which is going to be uh, joining Sierra Nevada's can lineup. The other two are Hop Hunter IPA, which features oil from wet hops, steam distilled in the hop field, minutes after harvest. So the aim is to be able to give drinkers that wet hop character in a beer year-round. The thing with the wet hops is you basically got to do it uh, fresh in season, so... Um, and, uh, Scram says no difference before or after to me with the 312. So that's a testament right there to Goose Island's consistency right there. Uh, God damn it, Mitch. Two hoppy pieces of shit. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> he's sour towards Sierra Nevada. I'm sour towards Sierra Nevada because I never got my beer camp case. Um, the other one is beer camp hoppy lager. Uh, reimagine Encore of their collaboration with Ballast Point that was in last year's whoa, 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 Beer Camp Across America pack that I didn't fucking get. God damn it. All three are going to be available in 12-ounce bottles in Sierra Nevada's distribution footprint. With that, our show is done for tonight. Uh, check out the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. I will be posting that blog up there uh, very shortly, actually. I'm making sure to do that before I pass out for the night. The Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. You can follow me on Twitter at DCS, E-D-I-C-I-U-S, and the show Twitter at MLR underscore Alcohol. I am also on Untapped, Alcohol by Volume, all one word. Coming up next is a uh, My Time Now replay because apparently J5, like a proper black man, does not have power at his abode at the moment. And that will be followed by Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week. Have a good one.